in today's show. I'm here live on YouTube and I'm going to answer your questions. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to answer some questions I'm going to have a What to Watch For show that comes later today, and of course, the full recap show will be on, as well as a pregame show, which is going at 7 p.m. Eastern, because the first game doesn't start until 7.30 today. So that is today's programming notes. Welcome to everybody who is in here. We've got a decent crowd in here at the moment. I hope it's going to fill up a little bit more. Hey, why don't you guys go share the show, um, get more people in here, get this rambunctious chat fired up. So we're going to... Um, jump in and answer the questions that you, whatever questions you guys have. Well, I'm not going to answer all of them because that's impossible because there are a lot of them. All right, Garrett Buck, Buckmaster. This is a question that I think a lot of you are going to have. Is Shaden Sharp a good add with the Dame injury? Okay, let's let's break this down. I talked a little bit about this yesterday. Shaden Sharp might start. They might start Justice Winslow as well instead and push Josh Hart down to the two. Um, there's, no, there's no guarantee that Sharp gets those minutes. I, I think they will go with Sharp. But that doesn't mean big minutes. They could also start Nasir Little and play Hart and Little together, although Little's been really, you know, pretty much on the outside of the rotation. The thing is that Lillard's going to miss Friday's game, and then they don't play until Wednesday. And on Friday, you've got 11 games on. So even if you added Sharp, you probably wouldn't have him in your active roster Friday. So you'd waste a roster spot for Thursday, adding him today, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Lillard might be back on Wednesday. So I don't think it's worth it. Like, I, I think you could, let me rephrase. I think you could stream him on Friday if for some reason you have an open roster spot, but it might not even be Sharp that benefits the most. It might be Winslow, it might be Little. It might be Keon Johnson. I don't think it would be. So I think Sharp, Sharp, would, Sharp and Winslow would be the guys that I'd look to stream on the Friday, but they're not must roster guys. They're not must add players because... You'll use them maybe Friday. You might not at all. And then they don't play again until Wednesday. And then maybe Dame does miss that Wednesday game. I don't know. And they have a back-to-back next Friday, Saturday in a week's time. But Lillard claims that the injury is fine. So who knows? Like, who knows how long he's actually going to miss? I I wouldn't say it's a must. There you go. What should you do with Cole Anthony? Tom Water says, well, we don't have a timeline on Cole. doesn't sound great. I would say that given Cole Anthony's limited upside, given the fact that by the, by the time he returns, Jalen Suggs and Markel Fultz will probably be in the lineup. I, I don't really see the point of holding Cole Anthony. Yes, if you've got an open injured slot, this is a blanket statement for anything. If you've got an open injured slot, you just hold the injured guy in the injured slot. That is an easy, easy answer. But if you don't, Anthony's value is not high enough to hold through a bunch of uncertainty that when he comes back, he's not even top 120 anyway. I don't think you need to hold him. Is Monte Morris still a hold in a 10-team? Well, Jonathan, his backup is now out for the next two months with a torn hamstring. There is no other point guard on this team. So while I don't think that necessarily changes Morris's um, usage rate, 
but it means that instead of those games where he plays 26 minutes, he's going to have to play 30, 31 almost every night. So I would say, yes, it'd be the worst time to drop Monty Morris would be right now. Um, should you drop Shengun? No, you shouldn't. You should absolutely hold him. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going really small at the moment. Um, but no, you should absolutely not drop the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Hello to everyone who is here. Good to see you all here. Um, in a 10-team 9-cat league, is Herb Jones droppable? I think you've got to have him in that list of guys who are droppable, yes. Does that mean that you have to drop him? Of course it doesn't. But in a 10-team league where there's, what, 130 players rostered, Jones is probably going to be your second worst or worst player. And cycling through and streaming that roster spot might have more value. Now, it's not an automatic drop and the steals will come. But his value is really specifically tied to those defensive stats. His shooting numbers have actually reverted back to his poor shooting numbers from college. I think that will improve. And I think the steals will come. But you see, John, I'm not, I'm, that's not happening. I don't think so. Um, all right. Is Jay Sean Tate a pickup? Not really. I don't really think he's that good, to be honest. I think he, his best case scenario is like the 110th, 120th best player. And that's without um, Jabari Smith around and your KJ Martin's getting minutes and maybe Tari preseason gets playing time at some point. I, I, I wouldn't prioritize Tate. 14 team league, sure. I just don't think he's that good. I just talked, Brent, I just talked about Cole Anthony. I'm not going to go back onto that. Is Benedict Mather and someone I should hold in a 10 team points league? Absolutely. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, how much better do you think Bam can do? Much better. Much. We've seen Bam be a top 20 player. He's currently outside the top 70. So it stands to reason he can be significantly better. Now, do I think he's a top 20 player? No, not even close to it. I wouldn't suggest that he's going to get back to that level. Maybe top 30, but he's got plenty of space to improve from what he's currently been doing. Um, who do you hate watching more? Sadiq Bay or Dylan Brooksy Brooks? I don't know. Probably Brooks, but Bay is frustrated. Brooks is... Yeah, Brooks. It's definitely Brooks. Um, but Bay is up there in top five most unwatchable players for me. Just watching him you know, have open catch and shoot threes and then sidestep one dribble into a contested pull-up long two and then trying to drive and not be able to dribble or pass. Like, my guy, know your limitations. And I know Brooks is in the same boat, but Jesus, they're both pretty bad. Is Trey Murphy going to continue production? Are these sort of questions, mate? You know what? Do you want me to tell you Yes. Because I can't, like, it's impossible to do. Will he? What I can do is I tell you he won't be as good as last game where he was 100% shooting. Do I think he'll be useful enough to hold? I, I do. I don't know if he can play 27 minutes a night. That would be the hope. And that would mean that that would hurt the value of someone like a Herb Jones and a Jonas Valanciunas, which we've seen the last two games. I think Trey Murphy should be rostered in all 12-team leagues. And let's just see where we go, especially with Brandon Ingram now ruled out for the next three games. It's an absolute no-brainer to have Trey Murphy on your roster. Absolute no-brainer. Here's a good question that I do like, Brooks, and I'm going to talk about it in the What to Watch For show later. He says, does Denny Avdia have good value in a 12-team 9-cat league? Well, he hasn't really been there yet, but the minutes ramped up last game, played 27. His defensive fit with the starting lineup is great, and he can also run a little bit of point guard, and their point guards after Monte Morris is literally nobody. So that might necessitate... Yeah, it'll be a little bit of ball handling from Beal, a little bit more from Will Barton, a little bit more from Avdia. So Denny is the 154th ranked player this season in just 18 minutes on the back of defensive stats. He's getting five boards, one and a half assists. I do think that there is plenty of room for him to be better than that. Um, so 
Yeah, I think he's worth worth a look in a 12-teamer. Worth a look. Would I use number one waiver to pick up Kevin Herter? Absolutely not. He's not that good. No way. Is Caleb Martin must-add? I think he's close to it. You definitely should have added him yesterday for this Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. If not, 100% for today. What he did yesterday was not realistic. It was like 85% shooting with four steals. But the 29-minute, 30-minute-a-night role is there. It's locked in. He'll be like 100, 110 sort of player maybe 130 sort of player. Like he's fine. I think he is worth having. And then we'll see where it goes from there. But he is going to be uh, up and down. <clears throat> is Bol Bol the real deal? Yes and no. Right, he's a really good shot blocker and he is playing real minutes for the first time in his NBA career and he's clearly better at this point than Mo Bumber and Trumer Akeke. But the block rate is completely unsustainable. Even some of the rim finishing is unsustainable. But what is interesting is this season, he is deciding that he's just not going to take many threes, but he's going to take all of his shots at the rim. And that's why his field goal percentage is up. It's not because he's gotten lucky on mid-range shots, it's that he's taking all of his shots at the rim, basically. So that's improving his field goal percentage. So is he a real rotation player at the moment? Yeah, he is. Is he a real, absolutely going to be a top 100 fantasy guy rest of the season? I think that's a stretch to suggest that. That would suggest that he's going to continue to average 2.4 blocks in 18 minutes, and I, I don't think that's real. And I think the minutes upside for him is relatively low because I don't think he's cutting into Franz. I don't think he's cutting into Paolo and I don't think he's cutting into Wendell Carter. I think he can grab those 20 minutes a night backing up those players, but I don't think there is 30 minute upside or anything like that. But he is a 12 team league guy for now. I think it might fall a little bit. Is Lou Dorda stream for tonight? Yes, like a starter playing 30 minutes a night with four games on absolutely has to be on your radar. Now, I don't think he's particularly very good but I think he'll be better than 11% shooting than he was last game, so I'd expect a big step up there. So he's a solid stream for tonight, but that's probably about it. Is Terrence Ross an ad considering the Cole injury? I honestly, HJ, I don't think it changes anything. Like, I don't think he's going to start getting assists. His minutes were already there. The role doesn't really change. And I don't think he's going to yeah, take up ball handling. Maybe he gets a couple of extra shots, but I think he still remains a fringe-type player. Yeah. I think he still remains a fringe type player. But Price Picks isn't fringe. Price Picks is, in fact, elite. It's daily fantasy, but it's easy. Instead of going in there trying to create a lineup with a salary and going up against a whole bunch of people, you just go up against the projections, the lines that Price Picks puts out there. Whether that's bowl bowl, one and a half blocks, over under, you pick it. You go in there, Terrence Ross, over under two and a half threes. Do you want more or less? And you get between two to five of those individual player projections, put them in the lineup, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It's easy to do. Under 60 seconds, you can get an entry in. And if you do win, the payouts are safe and fast. And it's available in over 30 states in the US and in Canada. It's not just basketball, though. You can do it with football, baseball, hockey, soccer, cricket, college basketball, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, college football, disc golf. If anyone here plays prize picks and puts a disc golf lineup in, I want to see it. Tweet it at me. I want your disc golf um, lineups. I want your disc golf entries. Send them to me. I need to see how it goes. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 redos with the promo code Locked On. If you get if you deposit 100 bucks, they give you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50 as well. So don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Cool. All right, let's go back to whatever the next question is that we've got here. Um, Stash, Cole, or Suggs? Well, I think Suggs is going to be back earlier 
than Cole Anthony. And I would suggest that Fultz is probably the best option there. We just don't have timelines for Fultz, for Suggs, or for Anthony. I would expect Suggs and Fultz return at a similar time. And I think Fultz is probably going to be a better option than Suggs. But I think those two are both more stashable than Cole Anthony. I think they both return earlier. And I think if you line Cole Anthony, Suggs, and Fultz all up together on a permanent basis, who's the better fantasy guy? It probably goes Fultz, Suggs, Anthony. But we just don't know, unfortunately, with the injury timeline. Time li- timeline. Eric Quinter says, do I believe Josh Hart can average nine and a half to 10 rebounds per game? That is a lot of rebounds. What is Josh Hart currently averaging with rebounds? 9.4 in 36 minutes. I'd say getting over that would be tough. Yeah, I'd say that would be tough. Is Jamal Murray and Isaiah Jackson droppable if they struggle after a few weeks? A 10-team league. Jamal Murray, no way. Absolutely not, David. Do not drop the headmaster. No chance. Isaiah Jackson in a 10-team league, if he's a backup playing 18 minutes, yeah, it's really hard to hold on to that. Yeah, the value might be there if Turner is traded, but we saw Turner out and Jackson did jack shit in that time. I still have some hope and I'm still holding Jackson, but in a 10-team, if it's still the same thing and and you're in trouble and you're losing a lot of matchups and you've got other injuries then maybe it's not worth holding. Jamal Murray, absolutely. You, you um, absolutely hold. Um, all right. I saw something crazy. Lillard confirmed out two weeks. Is that what we just saw, did it? Did that just happen? Oh, there you go. Revaluated in one to two weeks. So, change all of that. Now, Shaden Sharp and Justice Winslow are a little bit more interesting, but the problem you have is, as I said, they play Friday with 11 games. Then they play Wednesday, which is another high volume day next week. So do you actually, that's one that's, that's one week done and you probably don't use that replacement at all in that time. And then there's one week after that, which makes it, let's see what's their schedule after that. Then they play Friday, another high volume day. Then they've got a back-to-back Saturday. Then Monday, Wednesday. They've got just all high volume days coming up over the next two weeks. I'm going to go and have a look at their quality game schedule over that time, but that is obviously not great. So, once again, players talk crap when they're talking about their injuries. Oh, if it was a playoff game, it could have gone back in. All right, Dame. So, you're out for two weeks now. And Dame is an older player and um, calf injuries tend to take a little bit of t- extra time to heal. So, all right, let's, let's look at two weeks, what the Blazers' schedule is. In the next two weeks, Portland plays seven games with two quality games. So, five of their games are on days when there is 10 or more games over the next two weeks. Um, That is very much not ideal. So, yeah, I'd be be a little bit cautious what I gave up to grab Hmm. after all that talk early on. Um, Okay. Should Harrison Barnes be stashed? No, I don't think he's any point in having him in a 12-team league. None whatsoever. Um, any, so any other news? Terry Rozier and Cody Martin both listed doubtful um, for tomorrow. So there you go. We've got that one. Uh, that's just some news that's just come through. All right, let's have a look. Next question from you guys. Kelly Oubre or Gary Trent Jr. for a points league? Well, Rambot, I don't know what your points league is. And this is just a blanket question. I have no idea what your scoring system is. But you can you can look. What has Kelly Oubre and Gary Trent averaged so far this season? 
and then look at what they've done so far. And if they're even remotely close to equal, understand that Trent's role is way more secure for the rest of the season. So even if Ubre is averaging one more point than Gary Trent, Trent is the guy you want. If Ubre is averaging 15 more points than Trent, then you go, well, there's something about this scoring system clearly favors Ubre, and maybe I want that one. But it's almost definitely going to be Trent, but you just got to look to see what they average in your format. Because I do not know. Is Bogdan on the Hawks worth a stash in Nycat? Well, again, like all of these things, they're really tough to um, to say. Is he a good player? Yes. Does he have top 100 value this season? I'm not sure. He's been out so long with knee surgery. He's going to be limited when he comes back. He's going to be sharing the court at all times, I would guess, with either Trey or DeJounte. He's going to be limited minutes early on. Is it? Do you stash him in IR? If, again, Always the answer is if you have an open IR, like it hurts you not one single bit to put him in there. But if you're stashing him on the bench, I don't think I would. I don't think the upside's necessarily that high. Buy low for Valanchunas? Not really. I don't think Valanchunas, or I didn't think Valanchunas was going to have a particularly good season this season. And actually, at the moment, he's the 33rd ranked player and he's outstripping my expectations. So to me, he's absolutely, I, I don't think he can be better than this. And I think he's going to be continue to actually be more what he was the last two games. So no, absolutely not. Is Sexton still a good stash? Did I ever say he was a good stash? I don't believe I did. And as I will, and I'll say it again here, the Jazz view Colin Sexton as a backup point guard. And I think for him to unlock value, and I, and I will say this again, the Jazz, from what I understand, don't really aren't really that interested in trading Jordan Clarkson. So I think Clarkson's going to continue to start. And that would mean that Beasley's there. Maybe they move on from Conley. Maybe they don't. That is possible as well. Remember, I think I saw this written somewhere about the Jazz. We all assume that the Jazz trading away Gobert, trading away Mitchell means they're going to trading away Bogdanovich, trading away O'Neal. That they're going to, you know, they're going to tank. They're definitely going to tank. They're going to tear everything down. But they traded all those guys away, and now they have a million draft picks. And one of the team they got the draft pick from, the Nets, they got a pick from Royce O'Neal. The Cavs, maybe those picks aren't great. The Wolves aren't traveling so well. So they can actually stack themselves up with draft picks from other teams and still be solid. And the team, the veterans they've got are still really solid. Sexton's hurt now as well um, with an oblique issue. Look, the stash is fine, but he is their fourth guard at the moment. And that path to minutes requires a Conley trade or injury. And I don't think a Clarkson trade is happening. So... Work with that however you will. Is Jalen Smith's spot still secure with Turner back? Yes, they play different positions. Smith is the power forward. Turner is the center. Easily. We saw last game. Um, do you think it's too early to look for trades on low-performing players? Okay, Crime, Bino, SMG. Here's an obvious... or obvious. Here's an, an answer for you on this one. It's not... Look, in some leagues, there'll be people who are in my league. We're so competitive. No one's trading away. And then there'll be someone else that jumps in and goes, oh, should I trade Jokic for um, um, Jalen Brown and uh, Jamal Murray? Like, people will do crazy things. So it's always worth investigating. I can't tell you what your league is like. But what I can tell you is that, and I will say this a million times, stop trading. Stop trading. Please slow down with trading. And please, absolutely stop trading. Like, that is my number one advice to people who are playing fantasy. Stop with the trades. You're going to hurt your team. But the fact that I have to say that so often means that players and managers are panicking and they are making bad trades. 
So why not get on the, on the end of that, onto the good end of that, and maybe take advantage of somebody? Don't trade for the sake of it. Keep your thingo in your pants. Your trade gun in your pants. Sell high on Shea. Well, let me tell you, Eric Lee, he is the like third-ranked player. You are not getting a top 10 player back for him. Nobody will give you even a top 40 player back, is my guess, because they're panicked about tanking, right? So I, I suggest, I'll just write it out, to be honest. He's great. Last we saw him last season, he was a top three player. This season, he's a top three player. I think you just write it out and you hope that he actually plays through and gets 65 games. It's not outrageous to suggest he will. Um, look, if you could get a top 15 player, I'd do it. But I just don't think you've got any chance of doing that. Okay. Get into some more questions. Don't forget, though, to check out um, Locked On Sports Today, which is our 22-minute recap of everything happening in the sports world. You can go search Locked On Sports Today um, easily here on YouTube. Find that on podcasts as well. And then also we've got Locked On NBA Game to Game, which is our daily recap from all of the hosts that just gives a quick update on everything that happened um, across the league that day. Although, yeah, I've got that here on this podcast as well. All right, let's move into... We've got 10 minutes to go in today's show. Yeah. Um, okay. Should I keep Franz Wagner since Paolo has his upside cap? Yes. Why? Okay. Why? Why would you? We literally just saw both of those guys score 20 points last game. This is the, this is the, not to have any, not to have a crack at you, it's Hassan 29, but this is the panic mentality that I'm talking about. Oh, should I trade Franz because Paolo's playing well? Look, no. What are you talking about? No. Just hold on to him. He's really good. Maybe his upside is cap, but that doesn't actually matter at all. Okay, how are you, sweaty bloke? Happy birthday to you. Thought he was going to punt field goal because of the high-volume players, but he's on the verge of 2-0. Any suggestions? How to, why do you want to improve your team if you're 2-0? And how could I possibly tell you how to improve your team um, if I don't know what's on your team? But happy birthday anyway. Um, is Schroeder worth a stash? Jesse, that's an interesting one. I think that Schroeder is not a particularly good NBA player or not the greatest fantasy player out there. But what I do know is that... I don't know. But what I do feel like will happen is that he will play 30 minutes a night. And what Lonnie Walker is doing at the moment, Schroeder will do that, but a little bit better. Now, I think we're still probably a couple of weeks away from Dennis returning. But if you're in a stashable position... I think it's I think it's worth looking at, yeah. Are we concerned about Ben Simmons? Yes, David, we are. I think we have to be concerned about Ben Simmons. The last game was encouraging steals, blocks, rebounds, assists. They all started to come a bit, bit there, but the scoring I don't think is going to be there at all. Like even like in the past, he could be a 15, 16 point per game guy. It doesn't feel like that's going to be anywhere close to it. Um, but although last game, I think he had some pretty bad field goal percentage, so that can improve. We're not dropping him at all. And he's a little bit of a buy low, but yeah, I'm absolutely concerned. Vassell high. Yeah, I like your wordplay there, Clark, but no, Vassell is good and that role is not really going to change much this season. So no, hold him. Sean Kim, I'm not even going to put that question on the screen because I'm not talking about this guy at all. You all know who I'm to- it is, but I'm not talking about him. How do I, where, from where do I know the current rank of players? Basketballmonster.com. You may have heard of it, as I mentioned it every single day at the start of the show. Basketballmonster.com has player rankings. Um, 
Jacob Henry says, what's Shingun's value with minute limitations? We don't know that he has minute limitations. We, we honestly just don't know what this role is going to be. He might play 30 minutes off the bench. He might play 24. He might start now that they've gone with a different lineup again. We just don't know. So I'm just holding him and we're just trying to figure out what this Rockets rotation is because there's been a lot of injuries, lots of ins and outs so far. Who's more likely to break out, Trey Murphy or Jaden McDaniels? It's Jaden because minutes security. Andrew says his birthday too. Everyone's birthday today. Happy birthday, Andy. Cam Johnson was dropped today. Rush to grab him or keep my streaming spot open? I'd add Cam Johnson. I think it's foolish to drop him in 12-team leagues. Okay. Is Jalen Williams worth stashing? Um, much like Trey Murphy, I really like Jalen Williams, the Bronco, and this is going to give me just a slight chance to rest my voice. Broncos country, let's ride. Um, but is the minutes upside there? Right? Can he play 30? I'm not, I'm not sure. He could be worth stashing and he shouldn't be, um, he shouldn't be too far away. Ernest is out here telling me things like, like I'm like accidentally saying that I should yeah, jack people off. Stop saying it. It sounds sus. Mate, the whole idea of it is it's funny. You understand that I'm saying that deliberately because it's funny? It's also not sus at all. It's a bad look. According to Ernest. Thanks, Ernest. Did I hear any news on Jaron Jackson or Lamello? No, nothing has been said about those guys yet. Okay. Is Herb Jones a bylaw? I don't really believe so, Skeeter. I talked about him earlier. I, I, I wouldn't have drafted him anywhere near where he was getting drafted in a lot of leagues. Um, he's a steel specialist. He's like a better Alex Caruso. It's a good question from Wiss John Jamron. Who do you think has a higher chance of making the playoffs, Utah or the Lakers? Hmm. Hmm. It's probably still the Lakers, but... <sighs> Actually, maybe it's not. Honestly, I think they're both relatively low chance, but the Lakers are dreadful. Like, they're just so bad. And, you know, I'm going to change my mind. It's Utah. It's Utah with a higher chance. They're both low chance, though. All right. We, uh, yeah, we've got a couple more minutes here. Has anyone ever recognized me in public? Yes, they have. Not many times, but yes, it has happened. Is Al Horford worth a roster spot in a 14-category league? Well, I don't know what a 14-category league is unless you mean a 14-team category league. And if that is the case, then yes. Oh, absolutely. He is, he's a 12-team rosterable player. Not, at, not only 14. He's a 12-team guy. Um... You're looking to sell Collins in a points league for who? Go, you got to go high. Otherwise, look, when players are playing at this level, like John Collins is, where the minutes are way up, and I look at what he's doing, mm, what's actually going to change here? I'm not sure how much is going to change. That unless someone gives me like a top 20, top 25 player back, I'll just ride it out. Because I can't be certain and say that John Collins is going to now go back to being the 60th best player. He might remain a top 35 player. So unless I'm getting a top 20 guy, top 25 guy, I'm holding him. Um, okay. Is Cole Anthony a drop? Well, I talked about that already, but I think yes. Do I think Mobley's value will go up when Garland returns? I don't really see how it would, to be honest. Like, how does it go up? It's more usage that goes away from him, more assist opportunities that go away from him. If anything, it stays the same or maybe it gets worse. Galen Holden, we've talked about this already. Hampton, Hampton, Hampton. Is this the same RJ Hampton that didn't play yesterday while Kevon Harris... And Caleb Houston did. 
Because if so, I wouldn't be that excited. Yes, he's theoretically a guard, but he's also, I was going to say theoretically, but actually literally terrible. Like he's not very good at all. And they didn't want to use him. Now, maybe they start him, but they're not, I don't think plugging 30 minutes into RJ Hampton. Kevon Harris, he'll get minutes, but it'll just be Paolo and Franz running as point guards. I honestly don't think that he's going to come in, play 30 minutes and be a must-grab player. I just, I do not see that at all. Um, ah, Big Ronnie just responded exactly to my RJ Hampton thing. Add Aaron Wiggins today. Yes, I think Aaron Wiggins is a solid enough stream today. How do I see Fultz's production when he comes back? I think he's got a shot at top 100 value, especially with this Anthony injury opening things up for him. Yeah. All right, I think we are going to get out of here in just a minute. We'll go one more or two more questions here. Is Lowry a sell high? Like a little bit, but no one's going to do it. That's the thing. No one's going to buy it. And I was, yeah, where is Lowry even ranked for this season? He's the 38th ranked player. Okay, so what's happening here that's not realistic? Well, I, I can look at what Lowry's doing, 22 and 9. Go, well, the nine rebounds. Okay, I can see that. He's averaging 0.8 steals and 0.6 blocks. Totally in line with what he normally does. The three assists, maybe that drops. He's hitting 82 from the line. That's what he does. And he's shooting 24% from three. So that can actually go up. So while the 64% on his twos, he's almost definitely going to come down. The 24% on his threes is going to come up. So I look at Lowry's numbers and go, I don't know that he's going to change significantly from this. There's nothing that is completely outrageous. The two-point percentage is high but the threes are really low and they will probably come up and meet in the middle and maybe his 48% overall field goal goes to 46 and the 22 points goes to 20 and a half. I don't think it's going to be that big of a drop, really. We'll do one more question. Cam Johnson or Colin Sexton in an ESPN 1210 points league? Well, it has to be Johnson. One guy's playing 18 minutes a night and is hurt. The other's a 33 minute a night starter. I think it has to be Johnson there. I know that you know people are a bit worried about Johnson. The shot didn't go in. They will go in, um, and, and I just I don't know when Sexton's going to push into a thirty-minute role, if at all. And that would mean that I would want Cam Johnson in that situation. And that, guys, will do it for me for this mailbag show. Thanks to everyone who was here and asked questions. We had a lot of you guys here, which is awesome. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, hit a thumbs up on the way out and think about subscribing. It's a great way of helping the show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.